And this is the last week of our America's Sweetheart Month. Is it really? It really is. It flew by. That is, that has, it has flown by. And the interesting thing is we had debated who the America's Sweethearts were. Originally, the fourth week was going to be Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. But we changed to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I don't think, I, I, the more I think about it, I don't think Reese Witherspoon is, is an America's sweetheart. Oh, interesting. Do you find her polarizing? Yes, I think she's polarizing, just like Julia Roberts is. But Julia Roberts, no question, many years ago, was certainly America's sweetheart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe not. What do I know? That's what we were saying. Hey, we're, we're, I'm sure we're missing somebody really good. Well, and the other thing is when I was like looking at things, there's also one could argue for Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore. We could have done Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore. Another one. If you don't like Drew Barrymore, I don't I don't know about your character. <laughs> She's just so lovely. And I know people find her some people find her really annoying. She's very kooky, but I I can get into that. Love her and I I would like to become friends with her possible somehow yeah all right but we're gonna stick to our guns and we picked jennifer aniston aniston you know who else i love i watched the other night i watched the pamela anderson documentary i'm i'm now on team pam it was great i love her i've always liked pamela anderson but i really thought it was i liked that documentary well, I can't say that I've, I mean, I never disliked her, but I never really sort of thought much of her. And now I give that woman a lot of you got fucked credit. over hardcore. I, yes, I think she was a very um, mistreated and misunderstood individual. Yeah, she's really funny and smart. I think she's very like what you see is what, well, that's going again. There is more to what you see, but I think in terms of her personality, it's what you see is what you get. Yeah, I mean, her only misstep, honestly, let's all be honest, is, I mean, Kid Rock, no. <laughs> there was never a time in which, I think she was just, I think she she was going through it at that time, because there's just no medical, mental, physical reason to be tied to Kid Rock legally. Yeah, well, I mean, she had a lot of very brief marriages after Tommy Lee, so. They're gotten over on this. Oh, that's crazy. But that, I mean, whatever, they're kindred spirits, I guess. I think Tommy Lee is hot. Is that bad? I do. Current Tommy Lee? Any com- Tommy Lee. I, I, well, clearly you're not alone. He has no shortage of women at his beck and call. <laughs> uh, but not, you're not going to find me knocking on no, his door. No, you're not on that list? No, I'm definitely not on that list. <laughs> and nor do I think he would be in any way interested in me whatsoever. <laughs> you never know. I, that would be some kind of weird parallel universe. That would be my favorite thing. Can you imagine if you somehow <laughs> had this horrid affair with Tommy Lee? Oh, sorry, Karen, but that would be really something to behold. It, it would be, even to me. I don't, I don't. <laughs> You'd go, I don't know what happened. We got to talking. <laughs> like, Turns out he eats a turkey sandwich and string cheese for lunch every day, too. And then it went from there. Listen, honest to God, if I found that out, there might be something there. Yeah. All right. Well, did we say, did we say who we picked? We said it was Jennifer Aniston, right? Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw her once. Oh, you did? I did. In my hair, when I lived in Los Angeles, I was at my hairdressers and she 
the guy who color he colored her did her highlights and wait you went to the same guy as her it's that chris mcmillan or something is his name that's, that's who cuts her hair but the guy who colors it is this guy named michael canally and but i would go to his assistant because she was like half the pro- although he did do my hair before but anyway it's neither here nor there you know i like to pretend i'm rich when i'm poor because i saw her once in the in the salon how'd she look gorgeous yeah well she of course she is known for her hair yeah well this is that's outrageous and i am chrissy and i'm ann and i will tell a very boring story about hair colorists if anyone's interested i hear you well and then i have to say my daughter has the most beautiful natural color hair yes and i tell her all the time people would spend thousands of dollars on hair her color her color the curls yes i know she doesn't realize how lucky she is you never do when you're young no <laughs> youth is wasted on the young like you don't realize okay. everybody does you look back at pictures you go what the fuck was i complaining about <laughs> like what was i i should have been walking around naked on the streets why was i not <gasps> documented it something <laughs> oh i think that's a podcast for another day but um <laughs> i'm not even joking i'm like <laughs> like what was i thinking I was like, no, I don't like the way this about me. Oh my God. Ugh. Youth is wasted on the young. True that. All right, Anne. Well, well, that was depressing. Let's talk about Jennifer Aniston. Or no, we're talking about news. Okay. We got the news first. Okay. But first, the news. The first, the news. This first story actually is like the twin companion of a story that we did last week last week we did this or maybe it was the week before we did the story of the couple that was robbing the house and called oh, yeah. the police and the lady called 911 on them to help yeah. them yeah. yes this one also in florida <laughs> this one a man broke into a convenience store took a few items now let me clarify the convenience store was closed okay he took a few items but he broke into the convenience store he broke in okay but he, in an act of good faith, left his debit card there. Okay. I have no problem with that. Yeah, because then, the, obviously, the police came, and they saw the debit card, and they found him, and he said he was, he left the card so he could come back later and pay for the items he took. I mean, I don't blame him for that. Here's my question, though, about this guy. Did... what? What, what, did they only have what he needed at this specific convenience store? There was nothing open 24 hours a day? Well, the weird thing is... What, what did he get? Did it say the items? Well, this man also had his vehicle... His vehicle caught on fire near the gas station where he broke into the convenience store earlier that night. Oh. I, I, so obviously this guy was having a tough time. There's a lot of information that's missing, but... His car caught on fire. He broke into the convenience store, Oof. left his card, but he still had to be arrested because he still stole items. I don't, I think they should let him, come on. Did he damage the property? I mean, how did he break in? Did he b- break the wi- window? Like, what did he do? Yeah, he must have broken the window. If he damaged the property, then yeah, I think you have to pay for that, but I don't think he needs to get a right. I mean- well, hopefully, I mean, he was arrested. Hopefully the charges will be dropped and he can just yeah, pay his fine or whatever. I mean, he must have been in a desperate situation. I would like to know the items that he needed to have. That's another thing. What was it? Was it burritos? I understand if it was. 
sometimes you need the Doritos. You got you got that craving. All right, Anne. Well, here's another story. This one is actually about inmates in a prison in Massachusetts. So let's see what you think of this one. Okay. <laughs> there are um, two Massachusetts, you know, state representatives who have proposed a bill to let Massachusetts prisoners donate organs and bone marrow to shave time off of their sentence. Hmm. Is that ethical? Exactly what everyone is saying. I, I, I'm here's the thing. I mean, we could get into how, you know, we have a for-profit prison system and all the problems that come along with that and how you, I'm not saying people who do bad things shouldn't go to prison. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying we've created a situation in which people monetize having full prisons and having them do labor for free. And now it sounds like providing medical things to people to shave time off of sentences. I I think that's very murky. Well, here's the thing. People are saying perhaps perhaps the intention was good because on the one hand, you could be reducing excessive prison terms. But you'd have to ask yourself, why are the why are they excessive prison terms to begin with? And who are these prisoners? And are they people who are doing nonviolent crime that are in there for drugs and they shouldn't be? I mean, it's it's you're pulling a string on this that can unravel so much because. Oh, yeah, lots of problems. It also raises questions about how the prisons would appropriately care for the health of the inmates who underwent the knife to give up the organs. Correct. Also, it creates although it is a voluntary program it creates undue pressure on these people who might be desperate to get out of prison to correct. donate an organ correct though in its essence organ donation is a good thing for the 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 whole of society however it's, this is making me very nervous i think we're getting to a point soon where i mean i read an article the other day that is more outrageous than this where where people were contemplating whether or not you should take like um women who are i don't know if it was brain dead or in a coma but in a comas basically and should use their body for surrogacy no you read about that and i was like we're on our way and the same thing with this prisoners in prison let's take their organs and give it to the highest bidder we're, 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 we're getting there, baby. We're, we're on our way to Soylent Green, Handmaid's Tale, all that shit. It's hap- It's, it's slowly, but surely. And cause these are not, these are news stories you just stumble upon. This should be front page shit. Like, is this what we're doing as a society? This is what's up. Yeah. Well, this all, I will say it is, it's gotten very little support and is unlikely to pass, but it does raise all these questions because the other thing I don't, I did not know this, or, or maybe I'm misinterpreting this. A large portion of the prison population are Blacks and Hispanics. Well, of course. Absolutely. A, and it is also very difficult, which I think was the original impetus of this. It's very difficult to get organ donations. The, the Sorry, the wait lists for African-Americans compared to white individuals is longer for organ donation. Now- Honest to God, I did not know that race had anything to do with potential matches for organ donation. I didn't either. Is that so? I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that either. I don't think that's true. 
I guess it is. I mean, I, well, you know, it's hard to find a donor match for a lot of these things. That's another part yeah, of the problem. So maybe anyway, so, so that was sort of the impetus, like here's a group in need, here's a group in need. However, the whole thing is as, as you're alluding to, and actually this article says is like something out of a dystopian novel. Yes. Yes. They say it's exploitation of prisoners, even though it would be a voluntary program. Oh, I know. I just looked it up. Does race matter in organ donation or transplant? Race? No. They're never part of the consideration when it comes to matching donor organs and tissues for transplant. Yeah. There's nothing. I I think that that's all bullshit. I think that. Yes. Well, and the last thing I will say is that the two uh, state senators who proposed the legislation are both members of the Massachusetts Black and Latino Legislative Caucus. they're the ones that want to want to do this yes i don't know about that although there was i will say there was one thing where they said maybe this part might maybe get through i guess i guess prisoners cannot donate to a family member in need while they're in prison and they said maybe they would be able to do that why not why can't they because i don't know you know what this whole prison system okay not good moving on This story was in the news a lot. This was quite the whodunit for a while, and now it has been resolved. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you heard about this. I don't know. There was a lot of funny business going on at the zoo in Dallas. Yes. I have heard about this, and I had my theories on what I thought was happening. Oh, they have arrested somebody. Okay. Well, my theory was that similar to what we were just kind of talking about, I thought people people who someone who worked for the zoo was stealing animals to sell to like those fucking weirdos that like exotic pets oh like tiger king yeah that was my initial thought someone it was an inside job sell to the high once again sell to the highest bidder it's a fucking weird rich motherfucker that wants a tiger they have arrested a 24 year old man they don't yet know or they have not released what his motive was (laughs) he did not work for the zoo oh he in the course of a few weeks he took two monkeys <laughs> how did he do this this was just a guy who walked and logged in he cut the he cut their enclosures open maybe he just wanted them to be free well that's what i was thinking except one animal i think it was a vulture was dead in his cage so maybe that one just went awry i don't know he was trying to free the vulture and something went wrong i yeah that i i don't know but so he took two emperor tamarind monkeys okay he also uh took a snow leopard well he didn't i shouldn't say he took them he opened their open their enclosures open their enclosures of a snow leopard which are very rare the snow leopard was found pretty quickly right near his enclosure so he just literally opened up the opened up their cages and walked away he wasn't trying to take them out of the zoo he was just trying to let them be free well it seems like he let the leopard free like maybe he was afraid of i mean i wouldn't blame him afraid of the leopard so he just was like maybe he'll wander away but the monkeys were taken to an abandoned house where they were found like he definitely took the monkeys and a vulture was found dead in his cage and they said the death was very suspicious and the vulture had a wound oh i don't like that 
Yeah. So they were saying, you know, the people who worked at the zoo were really on high alert for a long time because of these incidences that were happening. They finally apprehended this man because he was at the Dallas World Aquarium. He had moved on to. Oh, no. He's trying to get some fish. Well, he said he he asked one of the employees a question about an animal and the employee recognized him from the news and called the police and said, this is the guy he's here. Well, how do you free a fish? I mean, that I would have liked to have seen him attempt that one. I know, unless you like break the, I, I have no idea. Fascinating. But, and they have no idea he's not letting on what his reasoning is. If he has, uh, the police have not yet said what that would be, but he has been charged with uh, six counts of, animal cruelty oh geez well yeah i mean again there's a lot of uh not great things happening in dallas these days but uh (laughs) that's up there there. yeah but this was like big news for i kept seeing it and and i really did think i was like oh it's an inside job they're selling them selling the animals that's this 24 year old guy that just had a couple of wire cutters letting people out Jeez Louise. Huh? All right, Anne. Well, on that happy note, let's talk about Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> happy note. Let's, because you know what? I love Jennifer Aniston. I think she's great. I think she's great too. I think she's a very, as you said, she's a very likable person. I have to say, when I was looking up stuff for this uh podcast, I saw that for that friend special that was on HBO last year or whenever that yeah. was. Yeah. Just for that special, she got paid $4 million. Holy shit. I mean, she's rich, rich, rich. Because besides for friends and movies and stuff, like she has so many endorsement deals. I do have, um, you know, she has a hair company. And I bought some of the products and they're pretty good. I didn't know she had a hair company. Yeah, it's called Lola V. What that means, I don't know. But um, oh. like shampoo, conditioner, a like... um uh like a det- like a detangler spray and stuff i've got a couple of things and they're pretty reasonably priced yeah well when you're making four million dollars for going back to the set of your old tv show for a couple hours that's uh yeah the least she could do is price things appropriately yeah so it's not it's not it's pretty i like i like her stuff all right so in looking up her rom-coms she has a lot of films but not actually fewer rom-coms than you might imagine really like all of her movies are romantic comedies they're not really but let okay so starting in 1997 she was in picture perfect with jay moore i like that movie it's an odd combo it is an odd combo but i like it i I think i saw it in the movies to be honest Hmm. then in 98 she was in the object of my affection with paul rudd yep Paul Rudd, interestingly enough, is the only uh, co-star that I saw her star with more than once in a rom-com. She was Adam also with- she's been in she's done a lot of movies with Adam Sandler. She but she's only done okay, wait. So Paul Rudd was in Wanderlust in 2012 with her. Yep. Where she met her second husband, Justin Thoreau. Yeah, I love that guy. I like I, I like her husband's. Yeah, well, not a, I think that Justin Thoreau did her wrong. Well, they both did. No, I think there's good i thought they broke up it was like an amicable amicable breakup i think they're still on good terms but i think he was cheating on her he was yeah that was what i heard oh i didn't know that that's because he wanted to be in new york and she was always in la and so he was in new york hooking up with chicks oh shit justin thoreau come on get it together 
you know, that chain. He still has that stupid chain. I like him though. Uh, uh, <laughs> 2004 was Along Came Polly with Ben Stiller that we watched for today's podcast. Yeah, your pick was Along Came Polly. I know, I should have picked differently. Yes, it really is more of a Ben, a ben Stiller vehicle. However, I, I, it is. But anyway, that's fine. She did Love Happens in 2009 with Aaron Eckert. Love Happens. I don't remember that. Yeah, Love Happens. This was a good one. The Switch in 2010 with Jason Bateman. I don't think I ever saw that. That's the one where he, he, he switches the semen. Yes. Talk about unethical. That was a cute movie. Does she forgive him for doing that? Because that's terrible. It takes basically the whole movie, but she does. Jeez, I don't know if I'd get past that one. It's cute, though. I think those two are cute, Jason Bateman and Jennifer. Yeah, I like Jason Bateman. She did The Bounty Hunter in 2010 with Gerard Butler. Oh, Gerard Butler. You know, I watched that one with him and Catherine Heigl where, not too long ago on TV, you know, as I like to do. The one where he plays like a manly man. And she's the producer. I forget what it was yeah. called. It was terrible. But I watched it. I know they really gave him a lot of chances to become a romantic leading man. It never really worked. No. Then the other one of my favorites, Just Go With It, 2011, Adam Sandler. I, you know how much I love Just Go With It. I, I That might be my favorite one. Again, extremely disturbing plot, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then 2012, Paul Rudd, Wanderlust. She did one with Adam Sandler on Netflix too. That's like a murder mystery. That's like not very good, but it was, that was horrible. And now the sequel just came out. Oh, geez. Well, that first one was unwatchable to be honest. Yeah. It wasn't very good. I thought she did that one with Adam Sandler too. Was that it? Was it just, just go with it? And those two, those two Netflix ones. That was it. Hmm. So we watched a long came rumor has it. Isn't that a romantic comedy? I have not the one I was just talking about that one where it's like her family is supposed to be, um, the, the, the graduate is based on oh yeah you know i saw that i didn't know if that actually counted as a romantic comedy i think she hated that movie herself i never saw it i think i might watch it it had a lot of problems you got costner right costner's in it yeah and that was actually as we were saying that was directed by rob reiner who we thought couldn't make a bad, bad movie but yet he did i'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna give it a go well, I will say that movie, from what I understand, this is sort of an interesting bit of trivia. I went to college with this guy, Ted Griffin, who wrote Ocean's Eleven and has Ooh. written a couple of screenplays. And he wrote this film and he it was supposed to be his directorial debut. And he started doing it, but I guess it was such a fiasco that they had to call Rob Reiner in to save the situation a good idea it's a good premise anyway uh but we watched along came polly yeah with ben stiller as you said it's more of a ben stiller movie and it's really very kind of similar in tone to um there's something about mary kind of along came polly and there's something about mary similar ben stiller is you know really good at playing the kind of high strung guy that's kind of his thing yeah yes so you know he plays someone who for a living assesses risk risk assessment guy yeah risk assessment yes so whether or not like you get, get insurance or whatever right right and what how much it is and all that stuff and he plays it safe in life 
You, it's always right. an assessment, a risk assessment. Yeah. Correct. I can relate. And at the beginning of the movie, he marries Deborah Messing, who I have to say never looked better than she did in this movie. Looks terrific. Can I just say, the beginning of this movie, I think is one of the funniest beginnings of any movie because I will laugh, I laugh out loud every time. And that is when, so the beginning of the movie is Ben, it's, it's his wedding day. It's Ben Stiller's wedding day. He's going around with the planner, making sure everything's perfect. And in walk, <laughs> in walks Philip Seymour Hoffman as Sandy Lyle. That's the character. And he just falls. He just slips and falls. And the fall is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It makes me laugh every single time. And then he gets up and dusts himself off. Like it's fine. The, the the star the rev the reason to watch this movie is philip seymour hoffman i mean period end of story if only for his performance it's worth it well and i don't know if you remember this ann but we had on when we had on mark myers the first time the director he told us that he's friends with the guy who wrote and directed this movie john hamburg and that whole Jesus Christ superstar that Philip Seymour Hoffman is in. We had a friend from high school, Steve, who he sort of based just that part of it on Steve, because I have to say Steve is nothing like this Philip Seymour uh, Hoffman character, but that real life experience of Steve being in Jesus, and he was, Steve was in Jesus Christ Superstar, and I did go to see it, was based loosely upon my friend Steve, which is... I love that. Well, I'm telling you, Steve should be thrilled because <laughs> yes, I'm sure he is. That shit is the funniest. I mean, I'll say this. It's like, obviously he, so Philip Sumerhoffen plays the best friend. He's Ben Stiller's best friend. And you know, since they were little, whatever, those roles are usually pretty like, you know, cute throwaway roles. He's so funny. He steals the show. Yes. Well, they're polar opposites, which actually does happen a lot in friendships. One is more reserved and one is a little bit more out there. And yeah. that certainly is the Philip Seymour Hoffman character. <laughs> when they're playing basketball and he keeps doing, let it rain, let it rain. I mean, forget it. I can't. It's so funny. <laughs> yes. And in, I'm assuming one of his first roles, Kevin Hart plays the sound guy who's following Philip Seymour Hoffman around because he's self-financing his own E! True Hollywood story. <laughs> Wait, that, I didn't notice that. Was that Kevin Hart? That was Kevin Hart. Huh. Oh, my, I can't believe because it it's he's right at the beginning. I was like, wait a minute. That's Kevin Hart. Oh, I love that. He does his own E2 Hollywood story. I can't because he's a child actor. He was in a faint. He was in like a movie when he was a teenager. The other person who's never looked better was Hank Azaria, who I'm convinced they painted on his abs. Probably. Lubin. Like that had to be makeup. Yeah. Hank Azaria plays like a French Frenchman. Who gives scuba diving lessons. Scuba. Yes, and his first appearance is um, Ruben and Lisa, that's Ben Stiller and Deborah Messing, are on their honeymoon. He comes walking up to them saying, would you like a scuba diving lesson? He's nude. And Lisa decides to go. Ruben doesn't. And she winds up having an affair with Claude and leaves Ruben. Stays on the island, stays on St. Bart's. It's pretty funny how when it's Hank's area, he calls him Lubin. I think that was. <laughs> yes but then so poor Ruben has to return home and he runs into Polly Prince Jennifer Aniston at a uh, party that Philip Seymour Hoffman invites him to and they had gone to middle school together 
he is smitten and asks her if she'd like to go out. She sort of rebuffs him, but she's supposed to be a very polar opposite, free spirit, can't make a plan, doesn't do anything in advance, you know, sort of everything is spontaneous. Flies by the seat of her pants. Flies by the seat of her pants. So she does wind up calling him and being like, oh, I actually, I can go out with you tomorrow. And, you know, let's basically go out for this food that's very spicy and Ruben can't handle spicy food, but because he likes her so much, he agrees and doesn't say say. So my only, you know, I'm going to say thing that I don't like movies where it's bathroom where the people are like shitting in the bathroom. They can't flush the toilet. And I mean, that happens in so many movies and like, you know, please, please flush. And then the water overflows. I mean, we've, that is not my cup of tea. No kind of thing. And does that happen in this movie? Yes, it does. And it's a running joke about him you know, not being able to tolerate eating spicy food, but despite that. Yes. Well, that's why I thought there was kind of like something about Mary, because that also has a bathroom scene, a different kind of bathroom scene, but it's, it's the same, like here's Ben Stiller panicking in a bathroom again. Yeah. I mean, I think any, everyone's panicked in a bathroom at some point in their life, but yeah. Yeah. But that shouldn't be a recurrent theme in your movies. (laughs) He's a man of people. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, so they then she takes him salsa dancing. Basically, she does all these things that take him out of his comfort zone. And he is like, he kind of at one point comes to a realization. He's like, this actually isn't going to work out between us. And she's like, what do you mean? And then, of course, that sort of solidifies the romantic aspect of their relationship. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it's sort of like up and down, up and down until it seems like everything's going great. He takes these salsa lessons to impress her. This is it. They're going to be a couple. (laughs) That part's pretty funny when he's doing the dancing. Yes. That he takes the salsa lessons from basically Polly's friend who is um, always at this salsa club. Yeah. Who's a good salsa dancer. Yeah. So what happens is everything seems like it's going to be great they go back to her place uh, to his place and lo and behold there is lisa who has realized that claude the scuba instructor is not for her and she's come back to reuben so that they can carry on with their wedded bliss that was so tragically cut short right because he had, he bought a house he he was really all in on on lisa so obviously was very heartbroken yes and as a and risk assessor thought that she was you know it was a no-brainer on paper she was the, the girl for him on paper yes on love island uk they always say on paper he's he's my type oh really yeah and look what i love i like this movie because i'm kind of like that with women like i am a risk assessor I'm trying not to do that is difficult because a lot of times you're proven correct but um <laughs> you're not, you're not. <laughs> that's right Well, and so basically Polly's like, you should, you know, give it a go with Lisa. This is probably better for you. And he's like, no, that's not really what I want. And through a ridiculous set of circumstances, they wind up on the sailboat of this billionaire played by Brian Brown from- Yeah, Brian Brown from Cocktail. Yes. He plays a very cavalier, devil may care, daredevil billionaire. He's like a Richard Branson-y type vibe. Yes. Yeah. Who Ruben is supposed to insure. He's trying to assess his risk. Anyway, right. They go out on a sailboat with him. And of course, they hit a storm and everything is going crazy. <laughs> that part's funny where he's like, come and get me to the waves. Yeah. Because he's a dare. Like he, yeah. Again, on paper, Brian Brown should not 
at all be able to be covered for insurance because he's a maniac. He does base jumping and lit. I mean, he lives life to the fullest, let's say. Yes. And so while this tumult is happening, Ruben's computer is open. Polly sees that he's done a risk assessment of her versus Lisa. That upsets her greatly as someone might feel that way. And she's oh. like, I'm I'm done, even though they're now stuck in the ocean with uh, Brian Brown. And don't forget, don't forget R- Rodolfo, which is a funny name. She, her ferret, Rodolfo, is always there. Oh, yeah, the ferret. I, can't, I hate ferrets. Yes, she has a ferret. Can I just say, on his risk assessment list, number one should be she has a pet ferret. Like, that should be on that list of the cons. Yeah, it should be on everybody's list for a con. Yeah. There's, that, that's a huge con. So they break up. He goes and moves into his house. And I think it was in New Jersey. Yeah, Montclair. Montclair. Lisa is trying to sort of get back together with him. And he finds out that Polly is leaving for parts unknown. And in a classic sort of rom-com ending, he's running, running through the streets of New York City trying to get to her. Oh, and we forgot to mention Alec Baldwin plays the boss. And he does some kind of like, Ruben is, I don't, I don't know what, what was happening there, but he plays the boss. Yeah, he plays a very big alpha male type. And lo and behold, when Ruben finds out this information that, that Polly's leaving town, he also gets the call from Alec Baldwin that for some reason, I didn't know risk assessment meetings were <laughs> you know, so pressing in that way. As they were sitting down to watch... Um, jesus christ superstar he's like we need you we need you in the office immediately we've assembled you know all the players for this risk assessment and you need to be here ruben right this is the big moment that and ruben's like i don't know if i can do it so in his stead he sends sandy lyle to do it i and the scene in the boardroom is one it, it is so funny it is like genius level funny to me when he does when he does the full monologue, I, it's, it's the best. Yes, he does sort of a not, I actually kept thinking it was going to be a, somehow wind up being brilliant, but it was nonsensical and somehow they all fell for it. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, poor P- Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was quite a talent. Beyond. Yeah, so he goes, of course, he sees the ferret was left behind by Polly. That's so very Polly to do. So, of course, she comes back because she realizes that she got in the cab without the ferret. And lo and behold, who does she find but Reuben on the street with the ferret? Yeah. And he professes his love for her and she... Well, he does the whole bit where there's a whole bit in the movie where she's eating nuts, mixed nuts at the bar. Yes. Which, you know, are obviously gross. And he's like, you shouldn't do that. It has pee in it. Like, you know, as a risk assessor, it's all these problems. And so he proves his love by eating nuts off the ground. Yes, he actually mashes them into the ground, which was completely disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, so they wind up together and that's basically the story. But what I like about it is though, he does this whole thing at the end where he's like, none of this makes sense. This is not, you know, again, like on paper, what I thought I wanted or what my life was going to be, but sometimes you meet a person and this is how it works. And he he decides to try to live his life in a way that he's going to go with the flow, which is you know, a nice lesson for us all, I think. Sure. Yes. But I think much like the Julia Roberts, Hugh Grant pairing, I don't know that Jennifer Aniston and Ben Stiller are, have a lot of chemistry together. Yeah. It was not as difficult to see why she would be into him as Notting Hill is for him to be into Julia Roberts, but 
it was kind of like, I just think you'd be friends with this guy. Like, I don't think you'd really have romantic feelings for him. Yeah. I don't know. I like Ben Stiller. I think he's fine. I, you know, he certainly likes to pair himself with women that are completely out of his league. Well, don't most men. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Like, come on. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, just looking back at her rom-coms, I would say that I, you know, it's funny. I might go with Adam Sandler being her best match. Adam Sandler's everybody's best match because Adam Sandler rules. <laughs> I've always loved Adam Sandler since day one. Well, I think he would be the first to say also that he's an unlikely leading romantic lead, but God bless him. He has convinced people that he can do it. I don't think it takes much convincing though, because I think that men and women, I mean, you know, this is like tales old as time. Like I'm guilty of it. I like a funny, charming guy. Like that's my thing. And looks are not number one on that list. I mean, obviously you have to not be gross, but I mean, it's not my biggest thing. But I think men are more visual and they looks is higher on the list usually. Yeah, well, I yes, I, I do think that Just Go With It is worth anybody's time to watch. And they're very, very cute together. Well, it also helps that in real life, they're good friends. Yeah. Which I think is why the Jason Bateman movie also worked well, because I know those two are good friends in real life as well. But I don't think they have any chemistry, Jason Bateman and her. They do seem much more like, I mean, but Adam Sandler does. I mean, they all seem like friends. There's no one that you like, I don't know. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have a lot of chemistry. They do. I think they do. I think they have a lot of chemistry in in their movies. They do. They're very cute together too. There's no one that you're like, wow, those two really sizzle on the screen. Like just looking at this list, Jay Moore, Paul Rudd, Aaron, like there wasn't anyone that you're like, wow, that was electric. Did you see the... There, look, there's all these photos that are like making their rounds of Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher for their for their movie that's out on Netflix or whatever and they are standing next to each other like so awkwardly yes although I did just recently see the same setup but then they were like joking around so I feel like someone just took something sort I think of somebody in PR was like we need to run with it because we have to we have to you know like Don Draper would say if you don't like what's being said change the conversation somebody <laughs> was in there fucking drapering it up going fuck we need to no one's going <laughs> to this shit because they have no chemistry so I think they ran with some very smart person decided to, to do that yeah I think you would have to say that probably just going back to friends David Schwimmer was probably her best uh they had a lot of chemistry I thought I was always I always believed Ross and Rachel should be together yeah Oh, I have to mention Michelle Lee. It plays his mom. I was like, not slanting. Yes. Michelle Lee and Bob Dishy plays his dad. Yeah, listen, it's a good cast. I think it's probably, I keep saying this. To me, it's very similar to There's Something About Mary. Something About Mary being a funnier movie. I don't know. I really like this movie. Mostly because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's the reason to watch it. Right. So given this pool, and you would have gone for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he's so funny. I mean, I love, I just love him. All right, Anne. Well, I say Jennifer Aniston. I'm very fond of you. I don't think you make great movies, but. I don't know. I like our movies. Yeah. So Anne, the conclusion of America's Sweetheart Month. What is your big takeaway from this month? Start frequenting bookstores and like shops more often. And I can like 
you know, accidentally have someone slam coffee into me and go, oh, sorry, sorry about that. Well, I'm going to say based on Meg Ryan, Sandra Bullock, Julia Roberts, Jennifer Aniston, just thinking about their top films, I am going to go with Meg Ryan as being the, just in, not even America's Sweetheart, just in terms of the rom-com. I think that she is the par excellence of the rom-com. Hmm. Largely due, in fact, to, you know, her being in these Nora Ephron films, which I, of course, like the Nora Ephron films. The others did not have that kind of director, writer, director, star relationship. Ah, that's true. They don't make movies like they used to, though. It's not like that anymore. No, and which that's what we were talking about last week, too, just with Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant and Richard Curtis had that similar muse and Woody Allen always had his muses. He sure did. <laughs> we won't say any more about that. All right. Well, Anne, I thank you for letting me pick every movie this month. I oh. will say it's harder than it looks because I did not pick the best movies. But you know what? I enjoy it. Look, Harry Met Sally can't go wrong. Fucking Wesley can't go wrong. That was good. Notting Hill. So people love Notting Hill. I just do not. And I love Along Came Polly. So you're three for four for me. All right. Well, good. Thank you. I just think there were stronger choices probably for Julia and Jennifer, though. I knew that I just didn't want to go with the like obvious ones, though. I did for my Ryan because, I, you know, I love when Harry met Sally. Yeah. You know, your risk assessment tool. (laughs) (laughs) Part of its art and part of its science, Chrissy. And I loved this month. How do you like that? I loved it too. What a great month. I'm, I've manifested it. It's, it's at the end of this month, I'm going to go, oh, you know what? Things are good. Things are good. Thank you, February. It's also February in New York and this whole week, it's going to be in the fifties. So the world is ending. We might as well enjoy it. Correct. Outrageous. Outrageous.